and welcome to Sync, a show where we talk about music in film, television, and other media, why it's important, and the composers and music supervisors who make it all happen. Hello, my name is Emma, and if you're a new listener, thank you for being here. I've been running this show as a podcast on Twitch during quarantine without music because of DMCA issues, so I'm very excited to be back with some tunes. Yay! Today I want to chat about something that's very different to my usual themes. Sync usually highlights music supervisors in film and television because that, like, is the tagline of the show. However, I do want to broaden our horizons a bit and venture into the realm of video games, specifically the Sims franchise. This is Sim Heaven by Mark Mothersbaugh. around since 2000 and has had four main iterations of the game so far. The Sims, 2000, The Sims 2, 2004, The Sims 3, 2009, and The Sims 4, 2014. There have been spin-offs as mobile and console games as well, and each version of the game has a very specific soundtrack that captures the game as a moment in time. The most prominent music supervisor for The Sims is Steve Schnurr, who has worked on other electronic arts, or as I will say going forward, EA, games such as FIFA, MLS, Mass Effect, and Star Wars Battlefront, and has won a number of awards, including Best Music Supervision for a Video Game and Music Supervisor of the Year from the Guild of Music Supervisors. Video game music is often so integral to gameplay that it doesn't get as much recognition as its film and television counterparts. As much of video game music is score, it's so much harder to identify in day-to-day life than place songs such as I Will Always Love You from The Bodyguard, just as a fun example. Video games themselves have a very different relationship with, quote, the viewer, or in their instance, the player, than films and television shows as well, as the responsibility of shaping the narrative experience is shared by the player and the media, rather than a film which presents a narrative that holds its shape despite the takeaways or relationships that that viewer might have with it. Thus, the music itself has a different purpose. It creates the world of the game that must engage a player enough to pull them into the world and must be malleable enough for a player to shape their world around it. The Sims franchise, however, has a very, very different modus operandi than many other video game soundtracks. As a life simulation game, it is intended to be as realistic as possible in its world building, as the objective of the game is not to win or to pass levels, but to create a fictional world resembling a reality. If I were to sum up The Sims as both an element of my life and as a musical experience, I'd call it whimsical. The sense of new life, almost godlike power, and limitless possibilities and opportunities in gameplay makes The Sims such a special and magical game, and there's a reason why it's so widely loved. Score in The Sims is primarily instrumental, with a few oohs and ahs and vocal trills here and there. It's placed in areas such as loading screens, character creation, navigation menus, trailers, worlds, and other areas somewhat equivalent to score in a film. It exists to create an atmosphere for the scene itself. The loading screen music for each iteration of the game is used specifically for that game's loading screen. Same with character creation, map viewing, etc. They don't overlap in gameplay or in iteration. You will never hear The Sims 3 Build By music anywhere besides The Sims 3 Build By area. In the style of The Sims, it retains a bit of quirkiness and bubbliness, but it also follows the visual themes of each game. The Sims 3, which is aimed for true realism, has more realistic sounds than The Sims 4, 
which is more cartoonish in its visual style and utilizes different tones and instrumentation. So here's a few snippets of the main themes for each soundtrack, starting with The Sims in 2000 and ending with The Sims 4 in 2014. Hope you enjoy.
medley of Sims theme songs. The Neighborhood from The Sims, which has been recognized among players as the main theme by Jerry Martin, The Sims 2 theme by Mark Mothersbaugh, The Sims theme by Steve Jablonski from The Sims 3, and It's The Sims by Ilana Shkeri from The Sims 4. It's pretty masterful how they managed to maintain the same genre while being so vastly different in melody and instrumentation to reflect each version of the game. The original Sims leans heavily into classical, although I should note that the rest of the soundtrack is primarily within the jazz genre. The Sims 2 has more of a techno yet almost surfer pop vibe while retaining the piano and classical elements of the original theme. The Sims 3 picks up the pace quite a bit, utilizing rock elements such as guitar and blending them with classical strings. The Sims 4 uses classical instrumentation in the style of pop. Apparently, the Sims 3 theme was inspired by the Sims 2 University theme, so there seems to be some creation by inspiration happening. They also all include strings and classical instruments. Each also includes vocal trills, which I think are important to highlight as this is a live simulation game. So this is Mallrat by Jerry Martin, which is used in Bill By mode in the original Sims game. Part of the powerful consistency between scores from each version of the game might stem from having the same music supervisor, but I do want to highlight the brilliant composers who pull the score together. The main composers for the original Sims are Mark Russo and Jerry Martin. Mark Russo is a member of the Doobie Brothers and was also part of the Yellow Jacks. He worked on Whitney Houston's I Wanna Dance With Somebody music video as well. He also composed for SimCity, which is a whole other conversation, but that's another EA game. Jerry Martin has composed for many a Sims game and broader EA games, as well as doing a lot of television commercials. I also want to note that while he's not credited, jazz pianist John R. Burr was a consultant for many of the jazz pieces, with Martin and Russo crediting him themselves as one of the creators of the soundtrack's whimsical sound. His piano is also featured in a number of tracks. Mark Mothersbaugh wrote for The Sims 2, and he's composed quite a lot. You might remember him from my Wes Anderson show last June with Charlie, and they were frequent collaborators in Anderson's early filmography. He's composed for so, so, so many TV shows, including Shameless and Hotel Malibu, as well as films including the upcoming Hotel Transylvania 3 and Thor Love and Thunder, as well as Thor Ragnarok. He even did the station IDs for NBC in the 90s. He's also a member of Devo, so we can start to see a pattern of popular musicians working on instrumental compositions. Steve Jablonski composed the music for The Sims 3, and this man has done so much. So he did the music for The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Amityville Horror, Friday the 13th, A Nightmare on Elm Street, and The Transformer series, which I find kind of hilarious because this man has worked primarily in horror with some substantial action work, Yet he created these really happy, hopeful, upbeat pieces for a relatively all ages, although rated T for teen, game. Shows a really incredible range in my opinion. Finally, we have Elon Ishkeri who wrote for The Sims 4. He has an extremely diverse discography including Centurion, Kick-Ass, Hannibal Rising, The Invisible Woman, and my personal favorite, The Shaun the Sheep movie. He's also done a number of short films and TV shows slash movies. You may have noticed that we've moved into a different piece. This is Beyond the Clouds by Steve Jablonski from The Sims 3, World Adventures, and Ambitions Expansion Packs album. Different expansion packs, neighborhoods, and worlds in The Sims have different themes as well in order to create differential atmospheres, fully immersing the player into a new area. 
There are also theme songs that come with specific expansion packs, which are DLC, or downloadable content, that add activities, items, and other gameplay elements to the original game. Things such as pets, university, seasons, and so much more are available to enhance each player's experience, and The Sims 4 alone has over 40 different DLC releases. Each of these comes with different music, both score and play songs, which we'll get to in a moment. Another key aspect of The Sims score is its ability to pull in a player without getting obnoxious. I want to credit Charles Cornell on YouTube here for the technical musical language I'm about to use, and please head over to his channel of the same name for more incredible music breakdowns. Seriously, I love this guy's videos. In one video, he examines Under Construction, a song from the original Sims, to figure out how it is able to create an atmosphere that can last for hours on end while a player is in build mode, where the song is placed, without getting annoying. This track is super, super, super simple. It is essentially one chord, then another chord, then back to one chord, with improvisation over the top of it. There are a few like key changes, etc., but it is essentially the same structure throughout. So this is Under Construction by Jerry Martin, a build mode theme from The Sims. This would be a wonderful time to go get yourself a snack or a drink, and just try and let the song blend into the background.
was under construction by Jerry Martin from the original Sims, and I hope you see what I mean there. Much of the score is like this, using a variety of simple melodies combined with key changes and repetitive song structure that keeps a player interested long enough but acts as effective background music. The Sims games are all about creating a life for yourself in a fictional world, and the score reflects the whimsical nature of the game, a world of opportunity at the player's hands. Another thing I find absolutely fascinating about the Sims score is just how often it's licensed, or even maybe unlicensed, out to different films, shows, and other media for their use. I'd like to ask you all if you've recognized any of the songs I've already played. If you haven't, and you're a fan of the Lifetime show Dance Moms, you might recognize this piece. This is Consumerism Simplified by Steve Jablonski from The Sims 3 soundtrack in the in-game buy mode feature, and it was used on Dance Moms in Silver Spoons, a group competition piece. It's astounding to me how often I hear Sims music being used in other media now that I've started to look for it. According to online forums, including the official Sims forums as well as Reddit and Twitter, Desperate Housewives, America's Got Talent, CSI New York, Shark Tank, America's Next Top Model, Impractical Jokers, Adam Ruins Everything, a ton of HGTV and similar shows, and documentaries about the Macy's Day Parade, John F. Kennedy, and the making of Frozen 2 have all used these. It's not even constrained to North America. Sims players have reported hearing it on the Great British Bake Off, international versions of American reality TV, such as America's Next Top Model and The Apprentice, and Australian, Dutch, and other countries' own home and garden shows. It's also been placed in advertisements and other promotional content. I found players discussing aquariums, gambling sites, which feels very contrary to the game's target user base, Disney social media, A&W root beer, and even 23andMe. This next piece of score that I'm going to play is Identity Check, the create a sim or character creation area theme in The Sims 3, also by Steve Jablonski. You can find similar patterns of simple melody with variation that I discussed in regards to under construction in this song as well. According to some sources on the internet that I cannot confirm, but do seem to be widely repeated across levels of traditional credibility, EA made a deal in 2011 that allowed Sims scores to be licensed. This explains a lot of why many of the licensed songs above are from the Sims 3 soundtrack, as that was the latest and ongoing iteration of the game at the time. I've also heard a somewhat conflicting report that the composers themselves hold rights to their music and are free to license them out individually. This is called a non-exclusive deal. However, none of these theories have been confirmed by EA as far as I'm aware of, so please do not take my word as the absolute truth. The main genre in which these songs appear is reality television, specifically TLC slash Lifetime shows, the Food Network and other culinary pieces, and home slash garden HGTV type of content. This is super significant to me for the reasons I outlined regarding why the Sims soundtrack is so special. It inspires whimsy and creates a sense of life, yet it doesn't remove a player from an immersive experience by getting, quote, annoying or repetitive. 
Reality shows rely on this type of music to create an atmosphere consistent with its content, and as most reality shows focus on evolutionary aspects such as transforming a house or following a contestant or person through an experience, the music has to behave similarly to the way it does in-game. It creates this whimsical atmosphere within the show as well, so it captures the viewer in a hopeful investment. Also, I should note that reality shows typically have a very small music budget, especially when it comes to score, as much of the budget, specifically on shows like America's Got Talent or Dance Moms, go to the play songs that are required to create realism. It's way more engaging to hear someone sing John Legend than a piece of stock music from a music library. Although no shade to people who make stock music from music library, you guys carry the industry on your backs. Alrighty, enough on score. Let's move to the second category I listed, place songs, which are used in-game on stereos and other music players. These are real songs released in real life, but they are performed in Simlish, which is the spoken language of The Sims in-game. What's absolutely fascinating about this is that these songs are performed and recorded by the artists who initially released them, re-recording them in Simlish. This seems to have started in The Sims 2, with The Sims using public domain, music library, and other original content, and is an ongoing, almost intrinsic aspect to the game today. This preserves the realistic quality of the music. The player can not only instantly recognize the song, but the vocal patterns, tone, and style of the artist who originally created it. Thus, a user is completely and totally immersed in the world. A cover of a popular song would not quite create the same realism. So this is Neon Trees singing Animal in both English and Simlish.
Animal by Neon Trees from The Sims 3. Honestly, I kind of hope that broke your brain a little bit to hear them side by side because it's pretty jarring, but at the same time, it's a super effective way to just see how much realism is poured into the Sims soundtracks. Simlish itself is very interesting, and a lot of ESL, or English as a Second Language, and international players describe it as, quote, what English sounds like if you don't actually speak it. It is very similar vocal inflections, pronunciations, and vowel sounds. I actually have very intriguing hearing, and I like to describe it as Simlish. I can hear it, but it can be really hard to make out individual words. There are so many of these songs performed by the original artists, including Tegan and Sarah, Lily Allen, Kimbra, Carly Rae Jepsen, My Chemical Romance, Paramore, Tori Kelly, Jimmy Eat World, All Time Low, Black Eyed Peas, Natasha Bedingfield, Depeche Mode, OK Go, 303, Plain White Tees, Pussycat Dolls, Ally and AG, and Katy Perry, who actually collaborated with EA on her own stuff pack for The Sims 3. For The Sims 3 late night expansion pack alone, there were over three dozen artists who re-recorded their songs. And while the use of Simlish makes sense on a surface level, using it also adds the element of depth that while we can sing along to each song, we do so with our Sims singing in their language, feeling an automatic connection to the world and an immersion into what is essentially a different culture despite its replication and similarities to many that we live in in reality. Essentially, the use of licensed and re-recorded songs in The Sims makes the game all more enjoyable. I can jam out with my Sims to This Too Shall Pass by OK Go and truly feel like I am living in their world, or conversely, that they are living in mine. And it's so, so cool to me that EA managed to get the original artists to re-record their work in a completely different language. I also have a hypothesis that The Sims is a prime example of a switch in pseudo-power dynamics between a piece of media and an artist. The best example I can pair this with is the Fox show Glee, where in season one, the music department had to ask artists for their work, but due to the rise of the show's popularity and the way it impacted charts and sales, and even revived them significantly for older artists such as Fleetwood Mac, Artists were asking the music department to use their songs in the show by season six. The Sims aims to use popular music of the moment that each iteration exists in, which I think is a really smart choice as it likely immerses a player more due to the instant recognition of each song, but it feels like it's worked in a similar fashion. Some evidence for this is that these re-recordings began in The Sims 2. As the game had garnered so much popularity in its initial release, artists possibly saw a way to promote their work, and a spot on The Sims is an extremely effective way to do so. Look at Katy Perry. Not only did she have a song in-game, but she created her own DLC. Katy Perry, although also appears in a ton of games, read Just Dance, but that's a conversation for another time. This next piece of score is Josine by Elon Ashgeri from The Sims 4. It's actually the seventh version of the song as different versions play in different parts of the game. The Sims franchise, with its four iterations and 21 years, has provided millions of people with the freedom to create their own universe filled with opportunities, possibilities, and inspiration to lead any kind of life for your Sims that you desire. It's an art form that's brought so much joy to the world, and it's an intrinsic part of many people's lives, no matter your age. 
It's a beautiful method of escapism while remaining captivating, and much of its engagement lies in its aura of wonder, whimsy, and fantasy, and desire to behave, believe, and live however you please. Its music is a true representation of this, from the score setting the magical atmosphere of a world of opportunity, to the songs themselves immersing you in the culture of The Sims while remaining relevant to our world. A player has to be fully enveloped by the game in order to enjoy it, as they have to create their own gameplay objective. There's no winning or losing, just life. And the music is such a crucial aspect to furthering that experience, truly making The Sims a wondrous and whimsical world. So thank you so much for listening, and I hope these songs have provided a bit of spice to your life, whether you play in the world of The Sims or not. I am so, so happy to finally be doing this show after almost a year of wanting to do it, and I've had so much fun putting this one together, and I'm really, really proud of it. I'm doing a show about once a month, and once again, I'm so happy to be able to share the true nature of sync with you all. Yes, I've been waiting to do The Sims for about a year, so I can properly discuss it with music. Also, if you aren't already aware, I have stopped streaming on Twitch because I believe that music is essential to this show. Plus, it's like way more fun to listen to. So I'll see you all soon, but if you ever want to re-listen, you can follow the show on Twitter at Sync Radio Live and listen to the podcast version of the show on Apple Music, Spotify, and Anchor. And some super fun and exciting news, Sync has a website now! You can go to Sync Radio Live to find information about the show and all social and listening links across different platforms. I've added transcripts for shows that aired with music on Mixcloud under the radio section of the shows page and am continuing to upload some of the Twitch versions under the podcast section. I'm also testing out a notification system so I can let you all know when another show is coming out without having to use my personal social media. Again, that's SyncRadioLive.com. You can download The Sims 3 and 4 on Origin and Steam and play on PC, Mac, Xbox, and PlayStation, and I would highly recommend doing so for a bit of escapism, godlike power, and just a generally good time. I hope you enjoyed this show. Be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and be good to the world. I'll see you soon.